This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. We are entering the second week of Lent on this second Sunday, March 13th, 2022, year C, and an opportunity for us typically on this second Sunday of Lent to hear the reading reflected upon the transfiguration of the Lord. So before we get into our readings today, I want to dedicate this broadcast to St. Joseph and on the church calendar. St. Joseph has a couple of feast days. One of them is in the month of March. And in the month of March, we honor the church honors in a special way, St. Joseph. And of course, we just came out of a whole year dedicated to St. Joseph. And so I was looking around today. Uh, I have lots of files of prayers and history of many different saints. And I pulled out my St. Joseph file, which is quite large, but I want to open with this prayer to St. Joseph. And I also want to direct you to a wonderful online resource of prayers. It's the EWTN.com website where there's a lot of different prayers, traditional prayers, novenas that you can access. And of course, at the Hail Mary media app and the modern day radio website, there are a lot of ways to access our prayers, but this is a prayer to ask for St. Joseph to guide us. And you see St. Joseph is with us today in a special way. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of thy chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I chose thee this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor thee all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly beseech thee to receive me as thy client to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me and for all the knowledge and love of the heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. St. Teresa of Avila said, I know by experience that the glorious St. Joseph assists us generally in all necessities. I never asked him for anything which he did not obtain for me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. So as we 
call on St. Joseph to guide us, who is the patron of the universal church. He certainly wants us to hear the word of God. And so on the second Sunday of Lent, we go to the book of Genesis once again, and beautiful readings from the book of Genesis during this Lenten season. The first reading comes from Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 through 12, and then 17 and 18. The Lord God took Abram outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. Just so, he added, shall your descendants be. Abram put his faith in the Lord, who credited it to him as an act of righteousness. He then said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as a possession. O Lord God, he asked, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He answered him, bring me a three-year heifer, a three-year-old she-goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Abram brought all him, Abram bought him all these, split them in two, and placed each half opposite the other. But the birds he did not cut up. Birds of prey swooped down on the carcasses, but Abram stayed with them. As the sun was about to set, a trance fell upon Abram, and a deep, terrifying darkness enveloped him. When the sun had set and it was dark, there appeared a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch, which passed between those pieces. It was on that occasion that the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Hear, O Lord, the sound of my call. Have pity on me and answer me. Of you, my heart speaks. You, my glance seeks. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Your presence, O Lord, I seek. Hide not your face from me. Do not in anger repel your servant. You are my helper. Cast me not off. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter 3, verses 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. Join with others in being imitators of me, brothers and sisters, and observe those who thus conduct themselves according to the model you have in us. For many, as I have often told you, and now tell you even in tears, conduct themselves as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their minds are occupied with earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we also await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
he will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body by the power that enables him also to bring all things into subjection to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my crown, my joy, in this way, stand firm in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Praise and honor to you, Lord Jesus Christ. From the shining cloud, the Father's voice is heard. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Praise and honor to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 28b through 36. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I like to call this, this particular week, get plugged into Jesus, uh, that Jesus transforms us. He recharges us. I think so much of our modern world, we are plugging in and recharging our batteries, whether it's our cell phones, our computer, all of the technology that we're plugged into, we really rely upon. Don't you, that charger, one of our uh, electric toothbrushes just went out. And so we had to get a new one with a new rechargeable battery. We're so dependent upon this energy. And yet, how much more should we be dependent upon the energy, the power that comes from Almighty God, our creator? And I think that's when we go back to the book of Genesis, the wisdom that comes from the example of here, Abram. We know that his name will be changed to Abraham. It's just so clear. Abram put his faith in the Lord. He may not have understood all of what the Lord was doing with him and for him and to lead him. How could he understand? But he made decisions to move from here to there in unknown places because he put his faith in the Lord, not in his own wisdom, not in his own intellect of, well, I think we should go this way or that, but Abram just trusted blindly. He trusted with his heart. 
in the Lord. And he does ask a question, you know, the Lord says, I will give you this land. And so I think Abram as, as a young child trusts his or her mother or father, you ask, well, how do I do that? You you're trusting in that parent and Abram is trusting in the Lord, but he is asking, how do I know that I shall possess this? And then God, they, they, they make a covenant with one another. And we see this ritual that happens. And, and the interesting thing that reflects or foreshadows, let's say the transfiguration is we hear that a trance falls upon Abram and he's enveloped in this darkness And then there's this sun and a smoking fire pot and a flame, again, similar to the the apostles that we hear where this, this cloud comes down and they hear the voice of God, the father. And so again, there's this covenant, there's this relationship being made between Abram and God, God and his people. And so that should lead us right into this beautiful Psalm, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, where I get my charge, where I get my light, where I get my energy is from the Lord. Our temporary energy comes from plugging into an outlet and charging up our phone or charging up our laptop or whatever that might be, turning on the light. But really, we should never be in darkness when we know the Lord because he is our salvation. It's so beautiful. Whom should I fear? Every news story that's blasted on the internet or wherever it is, is all on fear. And the Lord is our light and our salvation. Of whom should I be afraid if the Lord is my refuge? I love this sentence, and I don't know if you have read scripture, and for whatever reason, a particular line, just it's almost like a melody in your head. But anytime I hear the words, wait for the Lord with courage, be stout hearted and wait for the Lord. Those are just words for me of encouragement, of keep going, of persistence, of daughter of God. You have a place in the kingdom and remember that place. Remember your father, wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted. Don't be troubled, but wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. The Psalms in these days of war and strife must be Psalms of encouragement, and we must come together in prayer to wait with the Lord and wait for him with courage. St. Paul, who would we learn a great lesson from? And that's St. Paul. He's writing again to the Philippians. And he, I love in this particular short reading, it's reminding me to follow the example, to do the basics, to just simply follow Christ crucified. St. Paul is so good about that phrase, Christ crucified. And he reminds us that there are many who will take that word, who will take the teachings and they will shift it to their own desires, their own, their own way. 
And so then it no longer becomes the way, the truth and the life. It becomes their way to personal gratification. And so Paul continues to remind the people, don't follow those false teachers. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. This instant gratification, this this ego, this serve myself, their glory is in their shame. As they are glorified, they are involved in shameful actions. Their minds are occupied with earthly things. How much can I conquer? How much can I accumulate? Who can I control? How can I be the one who's controlling it all? But St. Paul says this great phrase, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it, we also await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are citizens of a particular county, a particular state, a particular country, and we do follow and abide by and respect the area that we've been planted But yet our true citizenship is in heaven. And we have to remember that we are an eternal being. We're a being that will continue on after this this flesh and bones go away. The Lord has a place for us. If we choose it, it's not a for sure thing. We have to choose the Lord each and every day. He will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body, St. Paul says, by the power that enables him also to bring all things into subjection to himself. And what does St. Paul end this little um, fervorino with? In this way, stand firm in the Lord. It's the same as the psalm, you know, wait for the Lord with courage, be stout-hearted, wait for the Lord. St. Paul is saying, stand firm. Stand firm. Don't follow these falsy, fault, faulty teachers, those that are vying for control. No, stand firm in the Lord. And finally, I think the lesson, one of the lessons, so many lessons we can get from the transfiguration scripture, and this one's from Luke, again, the value of going up to the mountain, the value of what did they do in the mountain? They prayed. And so scripture will always reveal to us this power of what happens when Jesus spends time in prayer, that it leads him into the next important decision, important part of his ministry, uh, important movement towards his passion, his death and resurrection. So he takes three of his trusted apostles to the mountain to pray. So that should be number one, an invitation for us. If I've got difficulties, if I've got concerns, if I need some help, or if I just need to get reconnected, recharged, I need to go to the mountain and pray. Now, does that mean I physically need to go up to Mount Angel or Mount Hood? No, you just need time to pray. It might just be going to the church an hour early before mass and sitting in that church and praying. If you have an adoration chapel that's close to you, praise the Lord and be in it. 
or just to be in your own home in a special prayer corner and a special chair with a little side altar with maybe a little statue of St. Joseph and a crucifix and your rosary and the word of God and you pray. But this is important for us to spend time in prayer because here's the gift, the fruit or the result of prayer is this transfiguration, is this transformation. It's this, I will change when my heart and my mind conform to the divine. And so Jesus obviously here is transformed. He is changed. His glorification is being revealed to his inner circle. And isn't it interesting that Peter and his companions had fallen asleep in the midst of Jesus in fervent prayer? I can only imagine, I don't think we could imagine how Jesus would be so into prayer at the top of the mountain at this time. And he becomes dazzling white. His face changes. This glorification, this divinity shines through his humanity for the apostles to see. And then here come Elijah and Moses the law and the prophets, the Torah and the prophets, this is who they were waiting for. This is the fulfillment of what they live their lives for in proclaiming the law, in proclaiming the word of the prophets, that the Messiah would be coming. They're part of the realization that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the fruit of their prayer. And then here is Peter and James and John, and they kind of awaken to the scene. But what's beautiful is while they were speaking, a cloud comes, casts a shadow. And again, we go back to the Old Testament. We've seen the, the times of Moses when the cloud comes down and the people know that when the cloud comes down, this is God himself. And, and there's this fear, but there's this awesomeness about it. And the shadow is cast and then they hear the voice. And how did they hear the voice? Was it a loud, audible voice? Was it a voice in their head and their hearts? We don't know for sure, but the, the, from the cloud came a voice that said, scripture says, this is my chosen son. Listen to him. Listen to him. Don't listen to you. And listen to how you explain what's going on, to listen to your own wisdom, wisdom, listen to him. And you can only imagine uh, the apostles must just be dumbfounded. They're encouraged. They're affirmed. Yes, this is the Messiah, the man that we've continued to follow these miracles, this, 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 these things happening that we can't explain. This is the son of God. And there's, I think this affirmation, this, um, the identity of Jesus is once again, being revealed once again, being reassured to the apostles so they can continue their ministry of following Jesus, listening to Jesus, because they will have a part to play following his crucifixion and resurrection. And that is to spread the good news to all the earth. They don't quite know that yet, <laughs> but they will get to know that. And can you imagine being up on the mountain that experiences happen and then you're just alone with Jesus? Sometimes that'll happen 
in time of prayer, when you're at time of prayer, or you might think about a time where you've been in just a beautiful setting, it might be something as beautiful as the Grand Canyon or the mountains, or for me, it's the Oregon coast. You know, I've been at beautiful places along the Oregon coast where you just see the beauty of God's creation. You're completely surrounded with it. And there's almost this, this sense of this transfiguration, this, this, um, awesomeness of God, this, this, I want to hear what you have to say to me, Lord. And then you can kind of come out of that moment of awesomeness of this profound, just drinking in the beauty of God. And then you sense, okay, now I can go back into my daily life, my daily vocation as a husband, as a wife, as a son or a daughter, as a student, as a business owner, as a retired person, as a teacher, as a priest, as a religious, I can go back into my vocation with that bit of recharging from the Lord. And I can go back and live that life with good news in my heart. And what should happen is in that transfiguration time, I believe is what, what St. Paul is reminding us, you know, stand firm in the Lord, that we have a joy, we have a hope, we have a assurance. I know that my redeemer lives. I was just at a funeral mass for a religious sister who would be 99 in May bless her heart, Sister Rosemarie. And that song, I know that my redeemer lives was sung. And I just thought, yes, you know, in the religious life, we see our religious brothers and sisters, the consecrated brothers and sisters around the world. We see their life that they've chosen to live uh, as a bride of Christ for our religious sisters. And they know their redeemer lives and they live that out in their vocation. And we who are married, we live that out in the love of our spouse. And that love of our spouse, that love of, of the Lord in our vocation has to be grounded in, of course, the love of Christ, Christ crucified. This is my chosen one. Listen to him. I know that my Redeemer lives. So this week, as we are continuing our Lenten journey, it's just the beginning of the Lenten journey. We have Fridays where many of our churches will be open for Stations of the Cross. There may be other opportunities for prayer throughout the week, whether they're times of communal prayer or times for you to just participate in a Bible study, in something online, in being able to just read the daily scriptures, whatever that is, pick one thing and seek an encounter with God. Seek that mountaintop experience. In, in your basement, in your garage, in your backyard, in your, on your farm, seek that encounter. And that encounter, I believe, prepares us for the hardships, prepares us for the sickness, the illnesses, the difficulties, the wars, all of the different things. But what it will lead us to is reconciliation, forgiveness, and to receive and to give God's mercy. Let us pray. This is called the Memorare to St. Joseph. Maybe a lot of you are familiar with the Memorare prayer, which is for our Blessed Mother, but this is a, a newer Memorare prayer that I've learned since we've had our year of St. Joseph. And we'll close with this. 
Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help and sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Peace be with you. Have a blessed second week of the Lenten season. I look forward to checking in with you again next week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.